everybody, this is Alex from Udemy. Welcome to Udemy Industry Insights, where we talk to leaders and professionals in a wide variety of fields. Have you ever wondered what it's like to really break into an industry or what it takes to advance your career? Well, those are the types of questions that we're trying to answer. We ask about career advice, skill development, and try to answer the question, what exactly do you do? Today, we're chatting with Tom Johnson, who's a technical writer at 41st Parameter, which is a fraud detection and advertising technology firm in San Jose. He's also the man behind the very popular and insightful technical writing blog, I'd Rather Be Writing. Tom breaks down the world of technical writing. He provides some invaluable career advice and discusses some of the recent trends and changes in the technical writing field. Enjoy. All right, Tom, um, if you could just introduce yourself and then tell us about where you work and your awesome blog, I'd Rather Be Writing. Sure. I, um, <clears throat> I work at a company called Experian, but a, a sub company under it called 41st Parameter in San Jose. And I've been uh, there for about a, a year and a half. And before that, I was at a company called Badgeville that specialized in gamification. Um, prior to that, I was in other places, Utah, Florida, New York. Um, and I have a blog called I'd Rather Be Writing.com, which is where I put a lot of my thoughts down about technical writing, trends, issues, approaches, methods, uh, whatever, you name it. Um, uh, that's where most people know me through my blog. Um, and I, I think um, it's a great kind of venue for interacting with other professionals online. Um, our company itself, in case anybody you know, wants to know what exactly I do, it specializes, at least our part of it, specializes in device identification. So uh, when you want to find out like, you know, what browsers, what, what users are visiting my site and uh, th this identification technology can kind of generate a, a, a non-personally identifiable string uh, that can be useful for fraud detection or for advertising technology. It's just a way to help companies kind of make sense of their web traffic. Gotcha. That all makes sense. Um, and then, so I was I was reading your your bio and going through going through I rather be writing dot com and looking at some of the posts. I know that you originally got an MFA, a Master of Fine Arts in Nonfiction Writing. You used to be a writing instructor um, overseas. How did you end up getting into technical writing specifically? Yeah. So a, a lot of people in who become technical writers they wind up in technical writing from a variety of diverse paths. And for myself, I started out as an English major. I got a creative writing degree and I thought, oh, maybe I'll, I'll write for a magazine or I'll teach. And I tried, I tried the teaching route, but realized that I hated writing or hated grading essays. I love writing. I just hated grading essays because it felt so destructive. I always had to explain, you know, oh, this is this is a C plus because your logic is terrible, blah blah blah. And um, you know, I I do like the academic setting, the the idea of exchanging ideas and and reading a lot and having deep discussions and kind of digging into to topics with more depth. But uh, I also loved writing. So after after my uh, stint uh, teaching writing at the American University in Cairo kind of uh, ended, I decided to go into copywriting because I thought, oh, you know, I can do this sort of thing. This is fun. And I and I was a copywriter at like a, a small health and nutrition company writing everything from web copy to newsletters to product labels to radio pitches and everything. But I uh, realized that 
copywriting doesn't pay very well. And it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. And, and what's even harder is that a lot of times the products aren't anything that I personally would use or buy. So it kind of felt hollow to spend all my day trying to persuade people to, to buy protein pills because you really need protein, but not really, unless you're a triathlete. Uh, so when, when I really needed money, I, I said, okay, well, I'll try technical writing, even though I thought it was going to be the most boring thing ever. And 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 I'd been avoiding it, but people told me, no, nah, you'd be a good fit. Um, started at a financial company called Raymond James and, and found that, that technical writing is actually a great career. It's one of those hidden careers that people don't really, nobody ever sets out to become a technical writer. But once you land in it, a lot of people think that, yeah, this is not bad. Um, a, you're, you're writing information that helps people, so you don't have to try to stretch the truth. Uh, you get to work with technology, so you're, you're right on the forefront of all the latest technology things that are happening. You're, you're right beside engineers and project managers and quality assurance people, uh, so you're in a fun team environment. And finally, um, you're sort of the master of, of um the whole authoring and publishing process. You know, you don't just create copy and hand it off to somebody. You usually get to define the layout and the look and the feel and how you're going to deliver it and whether you're going to produce PDF or online help or some kind of mobile uh, deliverable. So it's got a lot of aspects that appeal to the whole side of it. And, you know, when you, when you factor in all of these creative decisions about layout and design and the information that you're that you're presenting it is a, a creative endeavor right yeah i th I, uh, I have a liberal arts degree um one of my majors was english and i know a lot of other folks who major in english or writing they they don't i don't think most people think of technical writing at least at, at college grad recent college grads people think oh i their only options are to try to be a journalist or like write their own book or maybe you know go into marketing, but it, but technical writing is kind of like you mentioned this interesting niche. Um, if you could just elaborate for folks that don't know exactly what technical writing is, I imagine most people listening do, how would you kind of define what a technical writer is and where does a technical writer fit in the general org chart? You were mentioning that you work closely with engineers, um, but you know, you're obviously off doing your, the technical writer is kind of into a field of its own. So how does that fit into the org chart of a, of a company? Technical writers explain how to use complicated products. And the products could be hardware products, maybe like an, uh, a, a smartphone. They could be software products, uh, whatever you, you use on your computer. Uh, they could also be information products like policies or procedures. Uh, but, but by and large, in the United States, the majority of people work in the software industry explaining how to use different things on your computer. Um, not just graphical user interfaces, uh, but also application programming interfaces, APIs, servers, uh, things that you know don't have an interface. Um, so basically anything that's complex that needs some kind of explanation, technical writers uh, produce this. And if you look around, we're, we're surrounded by technology. I mean, before me, right here, there's a, there's a a printer, a crockpot, a fan, a lens cleaner, all of these things have some kind of documentation because we're just surrounded in a technology 
uh, a very diverse technology world. It's all around us. And, you know, not all the documentation is intended for an end user, as they sometimes say. Sometimes it's intended for, intended for the engineers who are building the things or for maybe support people or other, other type of roles. But uh, <clears throat> basically, anything complex, you try to make the information, you know, you, you don't just try to explain it. You try to make it so that users can more easily understand it. Uh, because complex things, they don't, you can't just make the instructions super simple. They're usually pretty complicated. But by using some common techniques to simplify uh, communication, such as breaking things out into numbered lists, like as a, as a task, or um, adding visual communication, or chunking out the information into, into smaller paragraphs or, or sections, uh, doing other kinds of things to try to make it clear, just eliminating jargon, adding glossaries, um, putting cross references, allowing people to you know enter your document at any point and understand it, uh, enabling search or even indexes or whatever you can do to make it so that somebody can can make their way through the product and understand it. That's what a technical writer does. And technical writers are usually um, found wherever there are engineers. So in software companies, uh, whenever you have a technology firm, or even manufacturing engineering, you are going to have some kind of technical writer. And the ratios uh, differ based on the product, but maybe one technical writer for every 15 to 20 engineers is, is maybe an average. Um, in other parts of the world, like Germany, um, machinery is a lot more common than software. So you, you'll, find you'll find technical writers working in manufacturing engineering. But by and large, in the US, um, it's software. And in California, particularly in the Bay Area, there's a lot of API documentation opportunities. Whereas maybe in the, in the East Coast, in DC, maybe you have more government type jobs with uh, policy procedure type of roles. I've never actually lived over there, so I'm not, I'm not sure. But um, as far as like the org chart of where technical writers fit in, uh, I, I think most companies are really trying to figure, they try to figure out where to fit technical writers and they, they never, there's never a, a certain way of doing it. Sometimes you're in engineering, sometimes you're in product management, sometimes you're just grouped with some other group. I was once grouped with accountants and, and administrative assist, assistants. It was really weird. Um, but wherever you are in the org chart, you're going to be interacting heavily with engineers and product managers. Uh, you, you get a lot of information from developers, uh, QA people, and these product managers, even even uh, product marketers. You, you you interact with all these, so you go across the lines and you get you gather the information uh, that way. But but I personally like to be in engineering because I feel like. Um, we're really part of the product. We're building, I mean, the engineers build the code for whatever product it, product it is. And a lot of times the, the documentation is seen as some additional thing thrown on at the end, but really we're part of the experience, part of the, the product. And so I like to, to think of myself as, you know, like an information engineer or something, part of the, the, the process of building out whatever users are going to get. That all makes a lot of sense. And so a lot of the job is, you mentioned, kind of, taking this complex software or machinery, whatever it may be, and 
doing the very difficult task of translating it and working it into very simple, clear, understandable language. And that sounds like, you know, a lot like maybe what a journalist would do. Um, I know you've mentioned on your blog, I, I was reading some of your posts that, you know, you compare being a technical writer kind of to being a journalist and that you're kind of, you have to get all the facts on one end and then translate it and make a, deli- make a clear explanation on the other. Um, you know, do what's kind of the typical background for a technical writer? Do you find that many folks are former journalists or creative writers? Do a lot of technical writers have prior technical experience coming in? Is that even really necessary um, if you're interested in the field? People come into technical writing with a lot of different backgrounds. A lot of people do have humanities backgrounds, um, but a lot of people are also, they have engineering backgrounds. A lot of people in the Bay Area, for example, are former software engineers who decided to get out of engineering and into technical writing. Uh, But that's a minority of the people. I would say probably, you know, at least a quarter of the people have some kind of English writing some history, whatever degree, and they found that technical writing is a good match for their skills. One of my first managers had a PhD in biology, and uh, she was a great manager, and you know she was able to bring those skills to it. But uh, the, if a lot of people call attention to the term technical writer, and they say, well, what's more important, the technical or the writer? And it's one of those ongoing debates where some people say, you know, your technical skills are what really help sell your career and give you value. And other people say, now nah, the technology is, is, um, is just something you learn on the job. What you really need are core skills for writing, editing, organizing, presenting information. A combination, obviously, of the two. But um, the more technical you are, uh, the more technical jobs you can have. It would be hard to do API documentation without having a good technical background. Um, and a lot of times, technical writers become very, very proficient with the technical publishing tool set. So there's that that aspect. But you know, it also helps to be an expert in the domain, the subject domain of whatever you're writing in, because that can be tremendously helpful. And that's kind of one of those things that's a little bit undervalued. But yeah, if you're journalism, creative writer, you can uh, you can get into technical writing and do a great job. Um, some of the skills that you have as a creative writer uh, are completely uh, used. Um, just think about the research component. If you're writing a novel, you probably research all about the city, the people, you know, you really, you're doing this all yourself. And the same thing with a, any kind of product, you're, you're doing immense, an immense amount of research into how it works, how users will use it, what questions they'll have. And you gather all that information and you start to organize it into ways that make sense. And then you clarify by seeking out engineers or other people to, to fill in the gaps. You get feedback from support, trainers, product managers, and you're working with a lot of information that you have to organize in a way that not only makes sense logically, but makes sense to the people who are going to be using it. And that's really the, the tricky part is is understanding that user. Right. That makes sense. Um, pivoting a little bit, I know that you know technical writing is also appealing, especially to folks that have a 
writing background and you were mentioning your experience as a copywriter and one of your motivations for switching to technical writing is that technical writing is a very well-paid field. Um, how would you evaluate, if someone's a new technical writer or they're applying to jobs right now in technical writing, how would you evaluate a salary offer for a technical writing position? That is a great question. So, there is a resource that is extremely helpful if you're new to the field and you have no idea whether the offer is in the ballpark or not. There's an organization called the Society for Technical Communication, or STC. You can find them at stc.org. And they publish a salary survey, and they usually do one every couple of years. And it's probably the most in-depth and and extensive survey about salaries that you'll find anywhere uh, for, the, for the tech writing profession. And not only will it tell you approximately how much technical writers make, but it will break it down by area because, of course, you know, a, a salary in the Bay Area versus a salary in Iowa is probably quite different. Um, and so, just to give you a few stats, I was, I was browsing through it before this interview. Um, the average salary in California for a technical writer is about 80, 84000 a year. And if you're working uh, with an hourly wage, it's like $40 an hour. But the, the survey also breaks it out by area. So if you're in San Jose, the average is 101000 So it's a lot more, right? And at the 90th percentile, in other words, um, you know, 90 people would make less than this. At the 90th percentile, it's like 143000 So that's, that's like probably the, the highest in the whole United States. Um, in San Francisco, the average is about 85000 with the 90th percentile being 123 or four. Um, some of the hottest areas that, that pay the most are in California, San Jose, Oakland, places like uh, Massachusetts, you know, Boston, uh, Seattle, Portland, Connecticut, New Jersey. So it gives you a breakdown of, of the hot areas. It also goes into detail about like the hottest um, industries and changes, like what's on the rise and the momentum. There's another salary survey published by a group called Writers UA. UA stands for User Assistance. That's just a synonym for tech writing. Um, and they they have a little more broad statistics. They find that the average U.S. salary for a tech writer is eighty-eight thousand, uh, but the range ranges from nineteen thousand to one hundred and eighty-five thousand. And they break it down by four quartiles. Uh, in the low end, you're between nineteen and seventy thousand. Second quartile, 71 to 85,000. Third quartile, 86 to 103,000. And then the top quartile, 104 to 185. So, you know, I think that aligns with what we see in the uh, STC salary database. So, if you got a, if you have an offer, you know, if this is your first job, you probably just want to take it to get your foot in the door because it's actually really hard to break in and get that first job. People usually want to see evidence that you've that you've uh, documented something that it looks good and you know if you're just new in the field you may not have this portfolio of compelling samples. So, you know, after after you get that first job, whatever it pays, you really have a lot of leverage to move up. And I think it's almost smooth sailing after you have that first couple of years of experience to just keep moving through. Um, a lot a lot of technical writers 
actually only stay in the field like five years and then they transition into something else. So, um, you know, people who are, who are expecting experience, usually at the low range, a couple of years of experience is, is probably, probably good. Um, and then for more senior level, they probably want five to eight years experience. But nobody usually requires more than that. What they really require is knowledge of programming languages, depending or whatever technical product it is you're 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 doing, you're documenting. Uh, that technical expertise is is what's going to qualify you more than years of experience. That's that's a really that's all great information and really good insights. Um, what are some of the latest trends in the field of technical writing? I know that you know. You've mentioned regional differences in terms of what technical writers do, um, and with technology, anything associated with technology is going to be changing pretty rapidly, I would imagine. Um, what are some of the most recent changes you've seen happening in the field? Well, in California, specifically in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, API documentation is a huge trend. We had a an API workshop here a while ago, and it was almost an instant sellout. Uh, whereas on the East Coast, they did a similar workshop and, and it, it was like crickets. Uh, there weren't that many people. So, But API documentation is definitely a huge trend because REST APIs, um, they, they're different from, from APIs like in the past, such as SOAP APIs that had a very specific kind of message format. The REST APIs, Really, you get the information about how to use it from the documentation. You can't really have a REST API without documentation that tells you what the data types and parameters and message format and request formats are. So it's a huge exploding area for technical communicators to really uh, dig in and, and provide value. Another popular um, another popular sort of trend, I would say, are, are visual communication with video tutorials. And, and other kind of multimedia. Um, I think that, uh, um, well, people, people are becoming much more accustomed to having good visuals in documentation. So the more skills you have with uh, video creation tools, the, the, the more you can do with that. Some other trends are cloud, uh, the cloud, uh, particularly with authoring tools. Maybe you have um, your, your tools hosted in the cloud rather than having a, a tool that you download and, and install locally. You log into some browser-based system and other writers all log in and you're sharing and collaborating uh, through the cloud. So that's becoming popular. And of course, there's all kinds of uh, services in the cloud as well. Um, another sort of trend is an increase in tool diversity. There's there's really there's really more and more tools. Just because the technology landscape itself is becoming more robust, there are more solutions, you don't really need to rely on a single tool. You can you can go build your own from all the different uh, utilities out there. Um, you can there's just a lot of different options. So this is often frustrating for new writers because when they say, well, what should I learn? Well, there's like a dozen different tools that you're probably good. Um, of course, responsive design is, is becoming more and more of an expected norm for, for websites, and that includes help documentation. So it used to be that, that oh, if your site was responsive and adapted to mobile devices, it was like this cool thing. Now it's like, if it doesn't, Google penalizes you. So it's almost normal. Um, a few other sort of uh, trends. 
I think that skills-wise, uh, technical writers are becoming more generalists and specialists. Um, there's a lot of there's a there's a need to basically know so many different tools and technologies and be part of the whole product lifecycle throughout and provide value and wear lots of different hats and play different roles uh, that it's really impossible to just become a very narrow specialist in one particular thing. Um, so technical writers, uh, they have, they're a jack of all trades kind of profession. You know, I know a lot about a ton of different things, but not a ton about a few different things. Um, Finally, I would say that uh, one trend that people pointed out is that uh, the trying to technical writers are trying to make more of an emotional connection with their users by using more more human readable language, vernacular language, not speaking like a stiff corporation, but really trying to I don't know um, just communicate in a way that the user is going to respond to. That makes sense. Yeah, so that that's actually. I think when a lot of people think of technical documentation or help documentation or, you know, help documentation or anything, you know, manuals, I think a lot of folks are probably used to pretty straightforward dry writing. Um, so you're saying that there is maybe a shift recently towards trying to write maybe in more of not like a marketing way, but more of like a friendly, less formal, more casual tone. Is that right? Yeah. And, and you know, it depends on the product. If you're in... If you're in a cutting-edge web platform, maybe you're writing documentation for WordPress, for example, you can be you can throw out terms like janky or something and say, "Oh, you know, I saw this once in a WordPress UI text. It was like, sorry, this is a little janky, but we'll fix it in the next release." It actually said that right in the UI, and I was like, "Wow, I I can never say that, right?" But uh, by and large. Uh, you use contractions to start out with, right? You don't have to use uh, completely formal language. Uh, you try to be as concise as possible. If you're translating uh, any kind of informal humor, is definitely going to break down, and that that usually never takes off. Uh, but just trying to be, trying to trying to implement plain speech, right? Um, when you think of some some document. Um, some technical document, people aren't going to be reading it carefully. People, The way people read documentation is they skim it until they find what they're looking for. Then they'll read that normally, but they, they, they go through it very quickly. So your writing has to, has to be simplified at almost like a lower grade level so that people who are reading it voraciously by skimming it can find things. You add subheadings and you maybe, maybe call out specific things with, with note formatting or you know you have screenshots with captions or other diagrams eyes drawn to it so there's ways to make more of a connection with readers other than than just um uh the words you choose but but that the simplicity and the visuals and and you know really not demanding too much of your audience you never want to assume that your audience is is uh, has a background in programming or something right you you assume that they're kind of uh lower skilled and so you help them um through through the basics without assuming uh that they already know everything which is what engineers usually do if engineers write something they assume that their audience knows about as much as they do which is terrible when when you when you watch uh, how users actually receive it and when they try to go through things 
Yeah, I think that's true. If anybody that's watched any sort of like user research study, um, I, I imagine it's got to also be difficult to balance kind of that friendlier, more casual tone with the fact that I imagine when people are reading, you know, content written by a technical writer, a lot of times they're looking for help. So you're trying to balance like dealing with the patience somebody has for like, you know, cute language or whatever it may be versus, like you said, being very simple and clear and, you know, helping the person get the answer they're, they're looking for. Um, to that point, what's, if you could, I know we've talked about all these different components of technical writing and dimensions of it. What is the single most important factor in writing good documentation? The single most important factor is to understand your, your audience. And that's probably, uh, the most important factor in any kind of writing endeavor. But it's especially true in technical communication and documentation. If you don't understand your audience, you don't even know where to begin. Because what you usually do when you do a technical writing project is start out by listing some tasks that te technical writer or sorry that users are going to do with the product. How is how are people going to use this thing? And you can guess, which is what most technical writers do. You say, well, I assume they're going to do X, Y, and Z. Otherwise, why would we build these features? But you don't entirely know. So the first step in any project is to understand how the product is going to be used by, by the users. Um, and then the more you can sort of imagine their world and understand the business context... The, the better you can craft and shape the documentation uh, to provide the information that users need. It's really difficult. It's a lot easier to say this than do it. Uh, it's difficult because technical writers are not near users. You're not next. In fact, I rarely see a user, a person use the product. You write documentation in, in a, a cube or desk, and people who use it are thousands of miles away. They're different country, context, different, you know, they're different world. So it's hard to know if what you write actually makes any difference. You don't even know if people are using it. You don't know if people read it. You usually only hear back when, when there's an error of some kind and people are trying to, you know, tell you, oh, you forgot this or there's a typo here or something. Uh, but but you, can, you can try to bridge that gap by, by getting feedback from uh, support channels, you know, what are users complaining about? What are the issues they're having? Email threads, forums, uh, calls. If you have a training session, these are great. Um, you can also try mining metrics if you can uh, get any value from those. But, but, uh, but yeah, knowing your audience is, is key. I would say there's a couple of good books that I would recommend. Uh, one is by Ginny Reddish called Letting Go of the Words. That's a good it's a good book on, on that emphasizes understanding your audience. She recommends imagining yourself in a conversation with your audience and thinking, well, what questions would the person have? And how is my writing a response to those questions? Um, back to the, the emotional language component, a great uh, person to read is Kathy Sierra. She used to have a, a, a site called Creating Passionate Users, and now she has a book. Uh, called Badass, which I haven't read yet, but has uh, heard is great. Um, and she talks about, you know, how do you empower users to kind of move them past this this suck threshold? I think is what what she calls it on her blog, where they're they're not very good to where they're they're awesome. Um, and she really really connects with users. She's done some Java books uh, by uh, with Head Start that are super popular, and uh, I remember reading them and just. Just I loved them. They were fun and playful, and it was the sort of book where you could be playful. Uh, 
sometimes when you work for a company, they never let you be playful. That's like, <laughs> unless you're but, WordPress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. That's really interesting. So it sounds, it's like a major exercise kind of an empathy. And I imagine, you know, day to day you're working with the engineers. From what I'm hearing, one of the most challenging things is answering the very simple question of like, what, what are people looking for when they're reading my technical documentation? What are their most basic questions? And that's very difficult when you're so immersed in the actual product yourself to put yourself in the shoes um, of, of a potential user. Is, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, engineers, by and large, um, they code and build what they're told to do. So you have a product manager who should gather requirements and interact with users and figure out, well, what do users need? And then the product manager communicates those needs to the engineers and says, now build this, right? And the tech writer comes along afterwards and is like, well, what did you build and how does this work? So theoretically, if the product manager gets the product going in the right direction, you should be already in a good state for, for you know, the, the, the product should be built around the tasks that users need to do. But Somehow, there's always like gaps in there where, where you, maybe there you've got such a diverse user base that one person's requirements can't be met, or you've got product managers who really just don't interact with with the audience, or they don't know the market very well, or they're just like you know they're they're managers they don't really they're not subject matter experts in the domain. So, a lot of times you end up with a product that's confusing or it's a hodgepodge of different features that. You know, some people are like, what is this? Who would want that? And others are saying, why isn't this here? Anyway, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, overall, like, I, I like technical writing. Some days, sure, it can be boring, but uh, so can any job. Um, and the more you the more you kind of dig into it and, and, and really just apply yourself to learning technologies and, and thinking about usability and how to make your content findable. It can be a really engaging career. Makes sense. And last question, keep you too long. Um, you've actually given a lot of amazing advice. Um, what would you say is you know, your one kind of key piece of advice or maybe um, thing to do for somebody who's looking to break into the technical writing field? Um, maybe they're listening to this and they're you know, a creative writer, they're a journalist, or maybe they're an engineer and they're looking to get into technical writing. What's your kind of one go-to piece of advice that you would give them? I know you've, you've covered a lot so far, but... I would say build a portfolio of compelling technical writing samples. You, you can go to a certification program or you can get a degree, and that's a very good thing to do, I mean, as is any education, really. Uh, but... The thing that's going to get you in the door is when your hi the hiring manager opens up a portfolio, reads what you've written, and says, holy crap, this is good. Um, when I was trying to break into technical writing, this was some years back, right? Uh, I, I downloaded RoboHelp. I made a sample help file. Um, so I kind of showed that I could learn the different tools that, that people were using. Um, at that particular company. Uh, but the thing that got me hired was an article that I'd written on how protein works uh, as a copywriter, right? I remember, I, if you remember, I said I worked as a copywriter trying to sell protein. And one of the articles that I'd written was about an 800-word article on how protein works, which, um, you know, it's like a te technical 
technical document, I guess you could say, a technical article. And the hiring manager had a PhD in biology, so she could actually evaluate it and because she understood that stuff. And she was impressed. She was impressed by the clarity of my writing. She thought that, that I had good skills, and that's what ultimately got me hired. Um, so I think, you know, whatever you do, just you need to build a portfolio of samples. And how you do that... Uh, you could you could volunteer at a place. Uh, for example, many startups need documentation. If you go to linksv.com, uh, you can find a lot of startups in the Bay Area. Maybe you could volunteer your services there. You could uh, just write your own documentation about something you own. You could um, maybe you have some kind of class assignment where you've got a project. Uh, but you need to need to figure it out, and it's not going to be easy, right? And you might benefit by having some people maybe in your local STC or Write the Docs meetup group review your materials, uh, give you some feedback. I've had people submit materials to me, and, and uh, one time they're like, yeah, I, I can't quite get a job. And I was like, well, let me see what you're submitting. And I was like, yeah, okay, you're submitting these, these crazy poems you wrote for this class. There's a reason you're not getting, you're not getting through the door, right? Or, or the technical samples are just bogus or or crazy looking. Um, so build that portfolio and, and you'll learn a lot as you do it. And, uh, once you have that, once you get that job, um, or maybe, maybe you're already at a job, let's say you're a, an accountant or you work at a ice cream shop or something. You could, you can write like a manual for your current work. Uh, think of it as a knowledge transfer, uh, just document in detail. How do you do your, your current job? And most hiring managers can look at writing and they can see, uh, they can tell whether it's good. So it, 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 they're really not going to be able to evaluate its accuracy, which is a huge part of tech, technical writing, but they can evaluate its clarity, the information design, the tone, the overall style. And, and based on that, you can get your foot in the door. Cool. That's, that's great advice. Some more advice that we hear in a lot of different industries, especially for people starting out when you kind of have that chicken or egg issue where you, or I guess maybe it's a catch-22, one of the two, where you need to get your first job, but you don't have, you know, a portfolio. So volunteering your time or just doing something on your own. Like, I like the example of someone working in an ice cream shop and writing up a manual for the machine. Um, just get a portfolio built. That sounds like really great advice. Well, th thanks for taking the time to chat. Um, really appreciate it. Um, and of course, you know, if anybody's interested in hearing more, definitely check out the blog. I'd rather be writing. Um, but thanks for thanks for taking the time, Tom. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. It was fun.